Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast with Stuart and John. John, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you, Stuart? I'm fine, John. Very busy as usual. Me too, but we always find time to do these podcasts. Yes, we do indeed. Thank goodness. It's, it's nice to be back again. So what are we talking about this month? Well, this month we're going to be talking just about the uh, Monkland motorway, mm-hmm. uh, which we haven't actually covered just in in itself. Has, have, we've always included that in something else, and it's an important and fascinating story. We get asked a lot of questions yep. about this, so... The Monkland Motorway. That is, of course, part of the M8. Yes. To the east of Glasgow. Oh, they know all of this, Stuart. Well, They're all know, our, our dedicated listen. listeners and fans. They're all experts. No, I'm joking. people might not be. We will fill you in. Don't <laughs> worry. Okay, before we do that, we do have some other business to attend to just before we start. Do we? Okay. Yes, we do. Um, first thing I'd, I, I would like to say, it's a good opportunity here to thank the supporters of Glasgow Motorway Archive. In particular... Eastwood Excavations, who are our main supporter. These yes. guys are fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. and they give you the support to allow, you know, Stuart and myself to, to bring you these podcasts and all the fantastic things they share. Um, check these guys out the best way to see what they do. They're a civil engineering contractor based in Lanark, and you can see them on Twitter. So if you go in and look at, at Eastwood EX, and you can see some of the work that these guys do, civil engineering, site clearance, environmental kind of work. Okay, so thank you to Andy and the team. It's yeah. only fair to mention for, them. For their kind support and, and, and their support this year is, as well as allowing us to continue with the podcast has also enabled us to ramp up the, the rate at which we're getting through some of our massive, huge mm-hmm. slide collection that we exactly. have. And we estimated something like we had 15,000 photographic slides. Uh, we have probably scanned now about 10% yeah. of those. I would say it's a long process. All self-delivered. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so we are getting through them, and we will be sharing some of these on social media through the next year or oh, so, definitely. and then some of the celebrations, and particularly on the website, yeah. and then the new galleries and things that appear on there. And so You're not giving yourself enough credit here, Stuart, but because you're getting a lot of these slides. Some of them are in quite bad condition. Yeah. You're doing a lot of cleaning up as well, yes. so we're actually having to restore yeah. a lot of these, so there's a lot of desk work it's, involved. Yeah, it's not just the scanning, it's... All the other parts that come with that, yeah, mm-hmm. and and the naming and the, the registering and, and making sure we know where yeah. it is and, and and all that as well. So, yeah, it's quite a long process, but it's good that we're we're finally getting into it yeah. and getting on with. It. So again, as as you say, thanks to the supporters for that. And of course, if anybody wants to support the work that we do, get in touch. Yeah. We're more than happy to to take any any you know good offers of support or sponsorship or anything like that on board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, brings me on to my uh, second order of business before we, we go talking about the Monklands. Okay. okay? Now, our, our last podcast that went out, it was really popular and it was about the city deal. Yes. And it was a bit of an update podcast on, on some of the road projects in Scotland, particularly yeah. local authority ones with city deal. Yeah. But... We missed some out. Didn't no, we didn't. We didn't. Not. We did. Some people got in touch and said, "Well, hold on. You've spoken about Glasgow. You've spoken about uh, Perth. Uh, you, but you've never. You didn't speak about Stirling." And they're absolutely right. We did, and we we went and looked into it. In fact, there's a lot of city deal stuff out there. Maybe we didn't cover, but in particular, Stirling do have their own plans. Right. Okay. I must admit, I wasn't entirely aware of Stirling either. I mean, I know we spoke about Falkirk in particular. And I've seen yep. some stuff about that. So what's what's going on up in Stirling? It, there is a master plan there, but from a roads perspective. Uh, the proposal is for like a new link road uh, through the council's existing Viewforth site, uh-huh. which houses the authority's headquarters, the new road, and it will be known as the Viewforth Link Road. Right, okay. will run between St Ninian's Road Junction and Snowdon Place and the Linden Avenue roundabout. So is this like a, a sort of bypass of the, the main city centre there? Yeah, there? I mean, they've always wanted to kind of complete their inner ring road, so mm-hmm. to speak. So it is a bit of an urban road scheme. It's not massive, but it, it is there. Um, you can see the plans and everything for it because it's always better to look at these rather than us try and talk you through yeah, them. Yeah. If you go and just really Google 
um, uh, Sterling City deal mm-hmm. um, and and that view for, view fourth link road. You you will see this so on Sterling's uh, council's website. You'll okay. see that too. So what was the other thing then that, that right we wanted to bring up? We, we timed this uh, our last episode uh, not that well because about a couple of weeks after we put the the episode out, the STPR came out. Oh yes. Uh-huh. So this is the Strategic Transport Projects Review, and this is a, a Scottish government document through Transport Scotland mm-hmm. uh, that's come out, which lists for the next twenty years the schemes, projects, and uh, you know the strategy for transport yep. for the next. And this is for all forms of transport. Isn't it is it? rail, yeah. sustainable things, active travel, road, and it and it outlines what schemes they are investigating to take forward um, and some stuff that's also out with the scope of the study Mm -hmm. such as local roads this is only for kind of for the main trunk for the main trunk road things in the railways and stuff like that and also things that they have ruled out as well now this would take 10 podcasts to cover in its entirety (laughs) so please if you go into transport scotland's website you can actually see this and there's loads of documents there pretty heavy reading yeah. Um, yep. to, to go through, but you can look through a list of schemes that are taken forward and not taken forward. Um, and maybe, you know, we can tra- we can cover some of this in future episodes as we, you know, they finalise where they're going to go with it. Yeah, so, I mean, if you if you look at the appendices at the back of the report, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it gives you a list of projects that are being taken forward to be considered at the next stage, mm-hmm. a list of projects that were considered to be out with the scope of the review, mm-hmm. and a list of projects that will not be taken forward. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there's, there's a lot... To read through there, there's yeah. a lot. Of we're not, really we're not even going to summarise it because there is a lot there. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, good read. So that takes care of of that. I don't think there's any addendums we need to add for previous podcasts. That being said, let's just move over and start talking about the Monkland. Yeah, that's why, that's why, that's why we're why here. Every, that's why everyone's here. Yeah, okay, exactly. So the so the M8 Monkland Motorway. Then will I give everyone a broad overview of what that is, where it is. Please do. Okay. So that is the section of the M8 motorway that runs from Junction 8 at Bailston all the way through to Junction 15 at Townhead. Okay. Okay. So the eastern section of the, the city centre aspects of the motorway. Three there. lane on, and yeah. some case four lane sections. Exactly. Yeah. So this was built as three separate contracts, although initially envisaged as being two. Technically, there's a fourth contract, which mm-hmm. I'll tell you about. But whether that's part of the Monkwood motorway or not, well... Who knows what we we need to decide. Um, The the first stage uh, saw the construction of the motorway from Townhead all the way to Cumbernauld Road at Junction 12. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was completed in May of 1975. Now, it was originally planned that the entire route would be finished by 1975, but the economic situation in the early 70s meant that they had to slow down the progress a wee bit and cut back. So that's why the eastern sections were a, a bit slower a bit later. coming online. Mm-hmm. So stage two was originally planned to run from Cumbernauld Road at Junction 12 all the way through to the Glasgow city boundary, which sits halfway between Junction 8 and 9. Mm-hmm. But when Where they, the rail underbridge is. Exactly, yes. Yep. When they discovered that there were a lot of difficult ground conditions, particularly mm-hmm. around the Junction 9 Easterhouse area, and they realised there was going to have to be a lot of advanced works undertaken there to stabilise ground, you know, cap off old mine workings, that sort of thing. They decided to split stage two into two separate contracts. And we ended up stage 2A and stage 2B. Mm-hmm. Now, stage 2A, um, it was completed in June of 1979. And Quite late was, on. Yeah, it was only a short stretch that ran only from Junction 12 to Junction 11 at Steps Road. And then Section 2B came along and it opened in April of 1980. And that then completed the section from Junction 11 at Steps Road all the way through to the Glasgow boundary. Now, this is where this fourth contract comes in that I was 
talking about. Mm-hmm. Because as part of the second stage of Bealston Interchange, yep. which saw the high loop, slip roads and various other parts, and the M8 actually through that junction in the lowest level. But just remember, the M73 was already there, wasn't That's right, it? Yeah. yeah. So the second stage of the interchange and all these other additional slip roads, like for the A89 and for the M8, they were taken forward by the Scottish office rather than Glasgow Corporation, okay, but designed and built in such a way that it tied in with the Monkland Motorway as it approached. Yeah. Okay, so the they all opened on, in April 1980. Okay. okay, so in effect, stage two runs all the way through to junction eight. Mm-hmm. But contractually, it was actually one to the railway as far as the, the Glasgow Corporation's uh, input was uh, involved. So design-wise, it's a different one. It's an interesting one because the, the Glasgow Corporation had obviously let out contracts to Scott Wilson and Fairhurst and Halcrow to design things like the Woodside section of the Inner Ring Road, the Kingston Bridge, the Clydeside Expressway. The, the corporation uh, councillors said, hang on a minute, is there not some way that our people can do this work? Can we not design some of these roads? And, and you know, by this stage... Rather had, than outsourcing yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And by this stage, they had actually started putting together their own motorways and, and expressways design team. And that was headed up, as we know, by Andrew Davis. Andy Davis mm-hmm. is a good a, a good friend of ours and, and has, has helped us with a lot of stuff. And Andy basically put together a team working below a guy called Benny who headed up the roads department mm-hmm. uh, section of the corporation at that time. And they got to work on designing... The Monkland Motorway. So everything from Junction 15 out to the, the Glasgow boundary was designed in-house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you, I mean, you you say this, right, and I hope I'm not going to torpedo a point you're going to make later, but the, the Monkland Motorway appears in the highway plan for Glasgow, which was done by Scott Wilson. Yeah. So the line of the motorway, yes, right. was selected by Scott Wilson, confirmed by Scott Wilson, because in the 1950s, the corporation had already determined that they wanted to bypass Edinburgh Road and Alexandra Parade, and they knew that the Monkland Canal, which was lying unused at that time, offered a good line for a new it road. A, it was a corridor that was already yes, there. Yeah, exactly. So when Scott Wilson got to work in 1960 on their own studies, um, the, the corporation basically said, we want you to include this route in this corridor. So the Monkland Motorway was already kind of predefined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by that by that point, they had made a decision in the 1950s to close the Monkland Canal to navigation. Um, afterwards, it became a bit of a safety issue and a bit of a nightmare for them because a lot of kids were drowning in it, and there mm-hmm. were a few campaigns, I believe, uh, from parts of the East End, from you know groups of mothers and other people uh, to actually have the canal infilled. Yeah, because so, it wasn't really maintained, was that's it? That's right. It was, it it was, was just, just left as a yeah. kind of a stagnant bit of yeah. water running so through. So when all this was all agreed, it was then considered, you know, yeah, it's a suitable line, uh, you know, for a potential road. Uh, and then Scott Wilson then came along and confirmed in their own studies that, yeah, actually offered a good That's way to, to connect to the new motorway system to the east of Glasgow without creating new severance, splitting existing communities. The line of the canal had been there for, for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that kind of takes us to the first stage of how the project was delivered, um, you know. Uh, and that they had to deal with the canal. Now, it wasn't a case that they could just make the canal go away. The, the water that was running from the canal actually supplied a lot of industry in Glasgow, particularly around about Pinkston uh, and in Springburn and then, you know to the north of the city centre. So they knew they had to retain that flow of water. And what they decided was they would pipe the canal. And I right. think we've spoken about this before, that the canal still exists, but in two pipes, beneath the motorway or to the side of the motorway yeah you know, not which, very far which is still there needs to be maintained yep. and accessed and things like that and millions of gallons and liters of water are still thundering through those pipes every day mm-hmm. and, Go, uh, going somewhere yeah so the canal the existing canal which is still there disappears uh, just at cool hill 
which is just uh, to the north of Bargedi, mm-hmm. near Coatbridge. The canal disappears there into two pipes at the end of the towpath. Goes into a culvert. Yeah, yep. goes into a culvert, disappears, and then reappears at Pinkston Basin, um, just to the north of the city centre. Uh, the the entire section between these two points is, is piped. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first phase um, of the canal piping was actually from Pinkston all the way out to Cumbernauld Road, the, the, uh, the Black Hill Locks. Uh, that, that was delivered first in advance because to, to, to construct the Townhead Interchange and part of the inner ring road at Woodside, there was parts of the canal there that had to be dealt with. So the, mm-hmm. the first contract dealt with that. And then a second later contract dealt with a section from Black Hill out to, to uh, Cool Hill. Mm-hmm. At Bargetti. The first section of the canal piping was actually designed by Scott Wilson as well. Uh, the second stage, I believe, was dealt with by the corporation itself. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, we don't actually have contractor information for that work. Yeah. Um, that's something I have never been able to pin that down. So these were advanced works yeah. to get to get it buried and out of the way. Uh, as you say, you couldn't just get rid of it. No. Now, it brings me on to a, a question here. Is uh, saying Monkland Motorway, but why is it called the Monkland Motorway. When I think of Monklands, I think of a hospital yeah. out near Airdrie. Well, Co- the Mon- Monkland you know, Canal. Is it just named after the canal because it went off? Is it as simple yeah. as that? As, I mean, historically, Bailston um, and, and other parts around Bailston were part of Monkland. Mm-hmm. The Monkland area, old Monkland. But local government reorganisation in, in, in the 70s saw Bailston included in, in Glasgow District. For the yeah. first time, it was taken away from Lanarkshire. Uh, and so there's things like that. So the Monkland name actually was it was more about you were heading in the Monkland direction. Yeah, because in the, uh, the, if you, if you follow the similar kind of uh, nomenclature that they used for yeah. things like Renfrew Motorway yeah. and Trossachs Motorway yeah. and Stirling Motorway, you'd think it'd be called the Edinburgh Motorway. Yeah. Well, you think about it. You think <laughs> about the Renfrew Motorway. You're heading towards Renfrew. Trossachs. Yeah. You're heading to the Trossachs. Air. You're heading to Air. So they were just continuing that for the Monkland. Uh, mm-hmm. You were heading to, to yeah. the Monkland area. Um, so so that was the sort of primary reason for that. Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, so the corporation decided to design the Monkland Motorway internally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that disappointed some of the, the consultants, like Scott Wilson and Fairhurst. I don't think they were entirely happy about that. They wanted they, to do that because Scott <coughs> Wilson, as you say, had the, basically the, they, they put the line on the map and go, yeah, yeah that's fine, it's here. Yeah. But then it was the detailed design, what we would probably call um, the MRB Stage 2 or 3, yeah. that w- it was now actually taken forward by... With, but the interesting thing is you, this was Strathclyde Regional Council. It was, well, well, corporation then became yeah. council. So the corporation were entirely responsible for Stage 1, and Stage 1 opened literally days before the end of the corporation and the, and the beginnings of Strathclyde Region mm-hmm. in 1975. So Strathclyde then inherited the design of the section from from uh, Junction 12 all the way out to the boundary uh, from there. Now, the, the, I know certainly speaking to John Cullen over the years, he certainly held a view that the original intention was that the Monkland was going to be finished before the Renfrew motorway, mm-hmm. but they were quite slow in getting up to speed with the requirements for designing motorways and stuff like that, and that actually delayed it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the financial crisis came along as well. So in, basically what happened was the Renfrew motorway was finished in 1976, mm-hmm. in, in its entire length. Yeah, um, you connecting know, up the bypass with the inner ring road. Yeah, yeah. I think they had originally hoped that, the, that stage two, the, the Monkland, would probably have been finished in advance of of the Renfrew, but it didn't quite play out like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to try and get some contractor information as well mm-hmm. for the for the Monkland because it's I know people like to know who built what. Mm-hmm. Certainly in terms of a uh, stage two B, that was actually uh, initially led to W C French, who then became Keir Construction. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you remember you remember Keir. 
Oh yeah, I remember. I mean, Kira, Kira's still kind of going around at this time. Do you know? Um, just to go back on your, you, you had an earlier point that you made, Stuart, which was um, that the, the corporation and and Strathclyde Corporation became Strathclyde decided to design in house. Now I think now, I mean, with councils and local authorities, that they wouldn't generally do that now at all. I mean, they don't have teams of designers and things like that actually in-house. That's right. But can I tend to go back the way again where it's the we, consultants that are involved in this work? Yeah, Exactly. That all kind of came to an end in 96 when the, the big regions and the big authorities kind of were, were, were broken up mm-hmm. uh, and they lost a lot of the, the, the sort of skills that were there to allow for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was cheaper uh, than letting to consultants, actually, I'm not sure. Um, no doubt someone's done an analysis of that over yes, the years. Yes, but probably yeah. with this expertise is to try and maintain a team of people uh, to, to keep up to speed with all the, all the standards on these things. So. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Monkla Motway, I mean, we've discussed there the route that, that it's going. We've also discussed, uh, you know, some of the, the stages and who was responsible for each for each section. Let's go through. But also, I think another thing to note with it is it was that point, because it came after the Renfrew um, motorway, there was a, the time that the M8 was com- completed across the city. Yeah, that's right. So that completed the first target of the highway. You plan. had a dual carriageway then, basically all the way from you... Um, Newbridge roundabout way yeah. in the east, mm-hmm. all the way through to, to um, Bishopton, to Bishopton and Greenock. Greenock. Well, yeah. not quite Greenock at that point, but almost yeah. Greenock. Yeah. Uh, so right, so stage two B as I mentioned was WC French, then then Keir. Mm-hmm. Uh, stage two A was Watlings, our mm-hmm. own old friends. Our old friends Watlings, Watlings Civil yeah. Engineering, who were involved in many, 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 many projects. Do we want costs as well? Will I give costs? Why for not? These we're here. Yep. So nine point five million uh, for stage two A, which doesn't sound like an awful lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Nowadays would probably be well over a hundred million, mm-hmm. if not more. Stage two mm-hmm. B was twelve and a half million. Um, you know that's maybe not a surprise. Um, I, we'll talk about stage one, and I'm going to come back to that awkward contract at the end. So stage one, uh, as I said, designed by the corporation, it cost ten point six million pounds. That's quite a bit earlier, so that's actually that's quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, that's probably now if we consider like stage one is a section just now, which is as dual five lanes. Uh, is, which makes up a kind of part of that, but it wasn't originally like that. That was added later when the M80 came in. Yeah, that's right. Although I believe, and John Cullen told us that that section was the first dual four section of motorway to be designed, designed and opened as such. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that was constructed by Custine Civil mm-hmm. Engineering. Uh, I think this is the only section of motorway in the Glasgow area that Custine were involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they built various projects elsewhere in Glasgow, I think Monkland Stage so 1 that's they done. is the only one. Now, that awkward contract at the end, that design wasn't by the corporation, that was Babti Sean Morton, who were responsible for all the bales in the yeah. M73. Uh, so they were responsible for that. Uh, the contractor on that one was Cementation Construction. Mm-hmm. Another one you don't hear very much of in the Glasgow area. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, that cost £6.5 uh, which is actually quite a lot for considering it's a small stretch, but the mm-hmm. number of structures that were involved in there. I think there were 10 bridges built as part of that contract. The first 11 built as part of the M73 and the, the, the second batch of 10 built as part of this this contract. Mm-hmm. So actually about 40 million, you know, over 40 million pounds there, say, yeah, uh, with the, you with know, around those. forty million pounds of construction there, which if you take it all on now would be, you know, quite. A You'd be looking. Memory. I mean, if you were building an urban motorway like that from scratch, going through with the junctions, if if I know you're adjusting for inflation, mm-hmm. but if we look at the requirements now and the surveys and the consultation fees, you're looking at a scheme that would be an equivalent of price to the M74 completion. You know, hundreds of millions, nearly a billion. 
for something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the acquisition you... fees alone. I mean, again, at these times, you say you know they had a clear corridor going through there, but these places have been developed ever yeah, since. Exactly. When you include the canal piping and the advance contracts for the mine works, okay. you're probably well over forty million pounds of, of money at that time. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that is a huge a huge amount of money compared to the Renfrew motorway. It was mm-hmm. you know it's almost double. Okay. The cost. So, you know, just to bring that into perspective. So we we, sp- we spoke about planning, spoke about a lot of the design, uh, some of the costs and so on. Do we have much information about construction difficulties? I mean, you mentioned there were some difficult ground conditions in some of the areas. Was there, Is there anything anecdotal that we've picked up from people? Well, we know there was a lot of issue with ground conditions and they found a hell of a lot of peat in the area between okay. Junction 10 and 11, and there were a lot of slopes that weren't quite stable. This is not what you want for road construction because no. it so, leads to kind of structural issues later on. Yeah, what we've been told is that when you're driving between Junction 10 and 11 and you look to the south, you know, towards the Queensland Industrial Estate, mm-hmm. there's that very long slope with just a gradual incline on it. Yeah, that's that, right. That was done basically because of the ground conditions. It was felt that to have a steep slope in there was just going to invite problems. I found it boggy. I mean, I've walked yeah, in it. It's very it's boggy. boggy in there, yeah. very wet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it was very well suited to the canal going through there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very boggy, marshy conditions all around that area. So that's why there's sort of gentle slopes on either side of the motorway there rather than anything particularly steep. Was anyone uh, not in favour of the Monkland motorway? Now, we often talk about controversial sections such as Charing Cross or when the M77 Aero route came. Was there any quite, Was there any protest around this road? I know that it was criticised by some as being potentially unnecessary because yeah. you already had a high-capacity Edinburgh road. Yeah, some felt that Edinburgh Road, the three-lane uh, Edinburgh Road, dual three-lane Edinburgh Road, was more than sufficient. And the corporation took the view that actually... They, they would quite like to downgrade Edinburgh Road, um, you know, into kind of boulevard type thing. Yeah. It, there was an environmental angle as That's well. Right, that because you, you've got properties facing onto Edinburgh Road, yes. you know, in places, uh, and then at the Alexandra Parade end, they they, they they really had to bypass that because that was mm-hmm. dual, it was sorry, not dual single carriageway, two lane. Um, it, yeah, technically it was four lane, but because of the parking and, and various things on either side, it was only ever two lanes for Alexandra Parade for through traffic. That was the main E eight to the east towards Edinburgh. It was yeah. totally overloaded at that time. So they were always going to have to bypass that in some way. Mm-hmm. We know there was some criticism from those who lived quite near to Cumbernauld Road. So like uh, Maxwell Avenue, that kind of area around about Junction 12. Yeah, because it is very 13. much an urban motorway. You are going yeah. very close yeah. to people. There was some criticism from some residents there. Some concerns, perhaps, would be the better way to put that. And we know that the people who lived there uh, were amongst the first in Scotland to be given compensation as a result of changes in the law uh, that came about around 1973, where people who lived next to new roads were actually compensated for the first time. Because of the noise or vibration. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think we we were told previously uh, that some of the properties there that faced the motorway were given triple glazing. Um, Although we've seen some stories from people on Facebook, uh, Mm -hmm. on our Facebook, who've commented to say that it wasn't particularly useful and that it was still quite noisy. So we know there was some criticism there. As for the... To go east of there... Actually, the vast majority of stage 2A uh, and 2B were built through empty, undeveloped land at that time. And, and we've got mm-hmm. a whole load of slides that were taken in advance of construction. And I was amazed at the, the actual lack of property that was around about at that time. So I, I get the impression that the motorway itself was probably approved and, and well along the way to, yeah. to construction before the houses started to pop up. I was going to say, I mean, Easter House, Rukesi and these kind of places yeah. around there, I mean, they have, um, I mean, the, these were these were areas where they put up quite a lot of, 
a lot of housing yeah. in these areas around the, at the time, and in the same kind of vein as comprehensive redevelopment, they probably fit in with yeah. with this, as you say, empty land and the, these houses going e- in. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, the next the next kind of uh, component of this conversation would be that the Monkland Motorway does have its telltale signs that there was meant to be yeah. more, um, and we can talk about some later developments that came along with it as well and what we think of it. So. There are a few things that we, we notice. Now, there are very, very wide verges in some areas on the road, almost a lot of room for, for, for say, yeah. another motorway to come in. What can you tell us about that? So the Monkland motorway is actually quite unique. Uh, and, and, you know, we people like us can mm-hmm. could pick out the Monkland motorway, you know, within seconds of being shown a picture of it just because it is very different to other parts of the M8. And we'll talk about some of the some of the, the specific features in that later. But you're right; there were plans for bigger things. And uh, if we think of Proven, first of all, at Junction 13, mm-hmm. and in fact, we could actually take it back as back at Junction and start at Junction 14, because when the Monkland was finished at Junction 14, the mm-hmm. block here on Link Road wasn't actually complete, and neither was the road that takes you down to Deniston. Yes. To Alexandra Parade. Next one that park. goes from the train station up. Yeah. yeah. Neither View, of these two links were there. Avenue. Yeah. So neither mm-hmm. of those links were in place at that time. So Junction 14 at that time actually continued as a, as a long motorway slip up towards the back end of Royston. That's right. And yeah. It would dump people on um, what, what looks like here, Block End Road. Yes. So that's what's called the Block End yeah. Link Road. So a couple of years later, the Block End Link Road came along and provided a proper connection to the north, to the new fruit market and the industrial areas there. And then a few years after that, they actually completed the other section to the south down into Deniston. It's part of the highway plan. They recommended the Junction 14 slips as, a, as an opening up of access to the Deniston yeah. area and roundabout there. And it is a pretty well-used junction. Now, I find it very handy. Yeah. I use it as an escape from the East End yeah. uh, when coming up and go, going up there and back on at 14. Yeah, exactly. If, if in so yeah. that was a good sort of indicator. That was a temporary uh, set up for a while. Then we came to Proven. And for the first few years uh, at Proven, all we had were east-facing slip roads mm-hmm. that connected to Proven Road. Yes. Uh, and, and they existed until the completion of the M80 Steps Bypass in 1992, mm-hmm. at which time, obviously, it was a direct free-flow connection to the motorway that was provided. So a fork junction yeah. was basically put in here. And this is when the section that you were talking about earlier, between 13, uh, 14, 15, which was dual four lane, was widened. became... Yeah. So that's why there's no hard shoulders there. That's right, yeah. So, so they locally used the hard shoulders. They added hard shoulders where it was cheap and easy to do so. Yeah, uh, but around discontinuous. About other and things. Yeah, there's that's none. Fine. So the, then the plan at Proven, though, I mean, we only got kind of half there. Yeah. Because this was also going to be the connection for the East Link motorway. Yeah, so if you think of the way the M80 comes in from the north and joins the M8 as a fork, yeah. there should have been an alternative to that, a mirror image of that coming from the south and joining as a fork to the east. Yeah, so and that would have been the East Link you, motorway. If you're coming from Edinburgh yeah. uh, direction, you know, heading uh, westbound, you could then go south. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the slip roads, the west, sorry, the, 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 yeah, the westbound off slip and the eastbound onslip, you can see that there were there were intentions for there to be more there. It's more obvious in the eastbound onslip where there's a very wide section of the slip road that just is stubbed off. It doesn't go anywhere. That should have been the southbound connection uh, from the M80 to the M8 eastbound. Yeah, that's um, very wide and yeah. big, yeah. So there would be a direct connection from the M80 to the M8 eastbound there, and mm-hmm. also for the East Link motorway northbound to the M8 eastbound. So that's why that one's so wide. Uh, And and likewise, going uh, west on the the Proven offslip, you can see that that was probably intended to go go somewhere else as well. It just kind of tails off and ends at a T-junction at the moment. Yes, that's right. It's all a bit of a funny arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. Now, people might wonder why it's dual four lanes between Junction 
12 and 13 as mm-hmm. well because that's dual four. It's not so obvious now because it's because lane an one is hatched off. It's an auxiliary yeah. lane that that allows for a drop and off yeah. and on drop. Whereas yeah. originally it was just four four lanes mm-hmm. of equal you know significance. And again, the plan for the reason for that was because it was to allow weaving and merging for those motorways. You know between yeah. the, the the east link. And the and the you would have had motorway. all of that that traffic that that because the strategic traffic actually would have been using a lot of this yeah, as well. Yeah. You know? So there there would have been a lot of merging there. So that's why that section is dual four. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, heading east, uh, junction twelve um, had no temporary setups, but you come to junction eleven and you'll see there's a few wide verges there. So yes, I'm just looking at the maps here. Mm-hmm. So there was another motorway, and this was actually the North Link. Yep. This was where the North Link was meant to tie in. Now, if you do look at the maps around about junction 11 you can see this clear green strip mm-hmm. that heads north from yep. that junction a mm-hmm. gap uh, there's actually now a pri- there's a primary school uh, in, in there now to Aven- be honest avenue end i think that primary school's um, called yeah. mm-hmm. something like that it's, i'm seeing it's going past like kind of uh, Gothamluck, uh, gilbertfield medical center uh, craig end and these places and that's where the 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 north link motorway would have would have come off yep. from the from the m8 the monkland <clears throat> motorway and headed headed north and that would have been a fork interchange as well Yes. So that was again. That was designed for traffic heading east or heading west. Heading west to go to the north parts of the city. Yeah. So yeah, there is a whole lot of empty space in that part in that part of the world. There is actually a dual carriageway road yeah, from Junction yeah. that heads north. Mm-hmm. So you can you can see how was, wide that, that is. That was all intended to to be part of the the north link. There's plenty of space in there. As you say, if you look in the map, you can see all the green space. That would have gone over the M80, but there would have been a full interchange with the M80 at Rob Royston, roughly where Junction 2 is now. Things. And then the, the North Link would have continued sort of a northwest from there, almost along the line of the Bishop Briggs Relief Road that's been constructed over the last few years. Yeah. Um, that would have involved some of that line as well. Eventually uh, meeting up with Springburn Expressway before heading west and meeting the Maryhill Motorway and becoming the Lomond Motorway and eventually you go, right. ending so up there's the your northern Road. bypass, eh? Yeah. Exactly. So um, when when are they going to build that then? Stuart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I couldn't um, comment on that. They're not. Couldn't yeah. comment on that. Okay. Yeah. So any other telltale stuff? No, that, that more or less sums it up. There has been some interesting things that we've discovered over the years. Junction Ten, for example. So I was going to say recent development. Yes. Yeah. So Junction Ten, Westerhouse Road, the fort. What they built, yeah, Glasgow Fort. What they built there wasn't what was outlined in the highway plan. And it's not what's in most of the corporation documents either, but when Strathclyde came along, they changed it. Originally, at the south side of Westerhouse Road, there was going to be a large roundabout. So you've got the dual carriageway coming over the bridge from Easterhouse. That's then right. they were going to have a big roundabout that links in with Bartybeath Road uh, and yep. some of the other connections about there. But for some reason, Strathclyde well, decided... Wellhouse Road and yeah, everything, yep. Strathclyde decided not to do that, and it just became a, a fairly simple... Uh, yeah, it's, it's an grade signalised junction yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, that became much busier when Glasgow Fort was constructed in two thousand and four. But they they changed the junction yeah. when that opened. They, they, that junction got a bit of an upgrade, didn't it? Well, the west, yeah. So the eastbound offslip, yes, is a completely new offslip. The original offslip was removed. Mm-hmm. Um, that no longer exists. All the others are as they were when it was existed. However. At the north side of the motorway where that new eastbound offslip was built, they put a roundabout in mm-hmm. and that's your access to Glasgow Fort. So that area there was amended to suit that. I believe there's also plans uh, or a requirement on Glasgow Fort to widen the westbound offslip. So if you're coming from Edinburgh, yeah. that's quite tight. Yes. That is really quite a tight little loop and it takes you up there so there's, they, they want to widen that or improve that. I, I believe that loop is actually the third tightest on the, the Glasgow system. Do you know what the crazy thing is, just looking at that? You don't need a loop there. In fairness, you might have the room to actually just sling up a normal slip. 
Yeah. Was it not to do with property that used to be there that's not there anymore? I think that yeah, might I mean, be the there's, there's nothing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm being a Google engineer here. This is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I am just looking at it and going, eh, you could probably squeeze something in there. But I, I think there was a council housing to the south of the motorway there that existed at that time, had been built in the 60s, but has since been demolished yeah. and replaced with new housing. There is some new housing in there, and it's somebody in these houses is probably listening, going, "John, shut up! Don't yep. want that. <laughs> just leave it." So, no, no, it's it's just looking at the map there. So that's yep. fine. What, what? What? I mean, that that's some changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we're, we're heading nearer to Edinburgh now. Now, the motorway now between Junction Ten and Junction Eight, so between the four and Bayliston, is a lot different to the way it was. Yeah. Uh, particularly on the uh, well mostly on the eastbound carriageway yeah. so this has now been widened it used to be dual three lanes it's now it's uh it's now three on one side and heading four towards on the east yeah. and four in the east uh the big split so I, that I, was done in 2017 yeah so the two lanes continue through to edinburgh one drops off to the high loop to go south on the m73 another one drops off to the a8 mm-hmm. to allow you to go east on the a8 if you want to access yeah. Coke bridge and and, and parts like that because obviously the new m8 doesn't have a direct connection to Coat Bridge or Bells Hill mm-hmm. or any of the major towns in that corridor. It was designed for through traffic, strategic traffic. Yep. So they designed it in such a way that the A8 became the main the corridor for local movements. Yeah. So, so there's a, a dedicated lane there for that now, which didn't exist previously. Now, mm-hmm. there are Monkland motorway features that make the Monkland... The Monkland? The Monkland, yeah. I, it's not elevated or depressed. I was yep. always said that compared what, to what others. What would be a standout Monkland motorway feature to you? Do you know that ma- just like a, like a landmark on it or something? Complete something about to- the road itself. Um, well, okay, I don't want to sound a bit too flippant here, but it but it works really well. It's not congested. Yeah. All right, fair, fair point. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it ha- well. It's. I okay. don't. I, I. find it works quite well Pre, now. Pre M seventy four in the morning yeah. peak, you often found there was a lot of congestion in the Monkland Motorway. Technically, there is still congestion in the Monkland at the far west end as yeah. well. Between but I, I'm and talking if you're going from kind of twelve onwards, yeah, you know, it, it's the motorway that tends to behave itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, t- okay. in terms of traffic management, I'm well, trying to think. Um, well, I was thinking more like features. So to me, and, and people won't have noticed this, but they will after I tell them. So the high mast lights in the Monkland Motorway mm-hmm. look the same as high mast lights anywhere else, but they're not. Uh, they're only 24, 25 metres, rather than 30, 35 metres. So they're the, the little masts. Yeah, so they're, they're smaller, they're shorter. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, you know, I've been up looking at these yeah. as well, I've been up in the mirror. Some of them also only have six lights, rather than eight, ten or twelve that yes. you see elsewhere. So so they're a bit smaller in scale. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, other things that stand out for me, it still has its original red hard shoulders in places. Mm-hmm. They've never gone away. And the structures, the overbridges on the... Monkland Motorway Stage 2 mm-hmm. are the only bridges on the Glasgow section of the M8 that have steel components. So they have steel beams and concrete mm-hmm. decks. All the other bridges in Glasgow from uh, Monkland Stage 1 all the way through the Inner Ring Road, Kingston Bridge, Renfrew Motorway, all the way out, Bishopton and Renfrew Bypass. Mm-hmm. Renfrew Bypass does have some steel beams. It does. Um, but in the actual Glasgow Corporation section, the inner section that we, that we often talk about, it's the only section with steel, with steel, steel beams. Light, so yeah. you, can, you can look out for that. Mm-hmm. So we, that's different as well. We often talk about uh, the consulting architects that were brought in, Holford's. Were Holford's involved in Monkland? Yeah, Holford's were involved in the Monkland. So they made so that so it, it was made pretty as well? Yeah, so it was. So we know that the, the box beam barrier that was there originally, the original uh, safety barrier, was painted white mm-hmm. to match the colour of the high-mass lights in the gantries. Uh, that was an aesthetic choice. 
Yeah. Um, on on the part of Hawthorne, also all the tree planting that was done. The Monkland yep. is surrounded by trees. It's landscaped quite well. You got yep. these nice wide verges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just forgot. Yes, it has Glasgow gantries on it as well. Yes, it does. So Although some them of them were removed. Did it not have them on them from the start? Yes, it, it did. did. It did. Yeah. It wasn't like they ran through bypass and it got them later. No, had them on there. no the Monkland had them from day one. Uh, mm-hmm. Although some on the eastbound side were, were removed and upgraded with a new style. As the, part the, of the, that's right, but they're still holding out on the, on the westbound side. On the side. westbound side, they're still there, yeah. And, and most of them have been upgraded to the new LED internal illumination mm-hmm. now as well. Okay. You know, so that's been done. Um, other Monkland motorway features. What, the hell what about that have? massive wall that you get at, at Gartcraig? Yeah. The, yes. The, 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 that's huge. I mean, Why is there a big bend there that goes around like that? Is well, it, I, I get it follows the line of the canal, and again, there was existing housing up top and down below, and just with the, with the rock cutting and, and, and mm-hmm. the sort of ground conditions, it just made sense to follow the line. Because we've had a, questions about the speed limits there, and how they they, it was, they weren't sure what to set the speed limits at, and they've done some testing. Yeah. Or is this an urban myth? This is this is one of these things that annoys me because I read it years. Ago when I started my initial research yeah. years and years and years ago, that they decided that that had to, that was designed to sixty mile an hour because of that bend. And what they did was they had advanced drivers come in mm-hmm. and actually test the bend at various speeds yeah. to see how it handled. Because I believe there was a bit of consideration between whether it should be fifty or sixty. Yes. Uh, and eventually they said no, sixty is uh, okay. Seventy, no, that's too much. Yeah. Sixty, sixty, yeah, seems you'll get to away, be yeah, you'll get away with that. And fifty was considered too low. Mm-hmm. So. It kinda, you step down from 70 to 60 at Steps Road mm-hmm. and then you go 60 to 50 when you get to Proven. Kind of similar to the way the M74 approaches in the, in the south of the city as well. You know, yeah. you step downwards from 70 to They wanted to 60 this ring. Yeah, they did. They wanted this ring of speed limits. So like in yeah. the core, it would be 50 and then mm-hmm. then it would probably go out to 60 in some areas yeah. and then out to national speed And it's a limit. good way to utilise road space as well. Slowing mm-hmm. the traffic down, you know, once the cars come closer together and you, you get a bit more capacity. They did have one or two issues after construction with the Monk on Stage 2B and the ground conditions caused a bit of trouble. The, the pavement specification that they used actually led to a lot of cracking within a couple of years of opening long cracks formed in, in the hard shoulders lane one and they had to dig a lot of it up in the 80s and replace it but you know it was sort of and when you're talking about pavement we're not talking about footways for anyone that gets <laughs> concerned because i get people get confused when i say this yeah but when we say pavement is it very much an engineering term for, for the yeah. road surfacing the yeah. asphalt yeah so they had to they had to do a lot of work on that mm-hmm. as well um God, what else can we say about the Monkland Motorway? Because it's it's it's. How nearest. do you think? I mean, I spoke about it being. I, I I said that the it performs quite well. I mean, what's your general opinions of it? Or have you got any specific opinions of certain junctions? Going, this junction's really good because it does this, or you know something that you think could be better about it. I remember the Monkland Motorway pre M seventy four completion. Yeah, and there was eastbound queuing. But that wasn't um, the Monkland's fault. Eight. No, that wasn't the Monkland. That's, that's the problem with the Monkland. The Monkland suffers as a result of problems that... Are, in the inner ring road. That were the inner ring road in the west, and at that time was the A8 and, mm-hmm. and, and, and issues uh, at the east. Um, there's, there's nothing about the Monkland that, that I go, oh, I hate that. That really annoys me. You, Although the westbound slip road at Junction 13, where you hit that T-junction with Proven Road, yes. that... That's awful, isn't it? Now, there was plans, of course, to complete the East End Regeneration Route, which is a Glasgow City Council scheme where they were going to, you know, what they call the Clyde Gateway Road that goes past uh, Celtic Park and all Mm -hmm. these kind of places. And uh, that was going to be extended up there to connect properly but there was never any plan to improve that junction we know now know that scheme's been shelved yeah uh so you know who knows if that'll ever be improved yeah yeah that, that is a shame because that is quite awkward mm. 
I, I suppose Junction 13 um, can be quite annoying at peak times. Yeah, we're, it is. We're busy traveling. I mean, even with the M74, that's where your back of your queues are. Uh, I've often called it the proven problem mm-hmm. because it's it's something that's very, very difficult to solve. Yeah. I think possibly it could handle it if there was no M80. Yeah. yeah but the M80 is very busy. I mean, it's yeah. it's your main route into the city from the north. There's a lot of people that live a very high car ownership uh, you know, corridor that you have through yeah. there as well. Yeah, the, the computer belt. Really, the way to solve it is with an East Link. You know, to a, a lot of these people well, probably right. coming yeah. from that direction of Cumbernauld, Bishop Briggs. Well, that's what, ultimately things. that's why the East Link Motorway was pr- proposed, and, uh, and the Clyde Gateway. And the Clyde Gateway grew off the back of the the plans for the East Link because they knew that there was there are a lack of good north to south connections mm. in the East End. And so, so the, what I feel the shelving of of this thing, uh, this East End regeneration route, Clyde Gateway Phase Three, which was we know the spiritual success of the East Link, mm-hmm. is is uh, you know a catastrophic misjudgment. You know that we can feel that that there'll be there'll be a price for that uh, with these things unless they can come up with some other transport solution to try and take the traffic off off this junction. Mm, yeah, time will tell. But this time is, is all it's all speculative conjecture. Yeah. So a good thing about the Monkland is it has a lot of footbridges. So, so there's a lot of really yeah, good I mean, vantage points. It's never been one that people moan about now. I mean, I know we, we share loads of things, and and whenever it's anything in the city centre, people are particularly uh, enamoured with certain sections of it yeah. and say, what 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 did we lose as much as we gained? Mm-hmm. But the, the Monkland seems to kind of uh, gracefully fit in. Uh, with its surroundings, yeah, it's fairly uncontroversial. I don't find it. I mean, compare it to its uh, its sister or brother, whatever the way you want to look at, which is the Ren Renfrew Motorway. Mm-hmm. Um, very much far more urban in the characteristics uh, and cuttings and, and and busier. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. I, I've the, always preferred that because I found it a bit more interesting than the Monkland. Yeah, the Monkland is a is a much simpler yeah. piece of road. Yeah, even in engineering terms, mm-hmm. um, you know, the look of it. The Renfrew, I often think, is over, maybe not over-engineered, mm. but uh, it has a lot more to it, as you say. Yeah, everything, everything feels a lot bulkier on mm. the Renfrew, like the big concrete bridges, and, and you're, in a, you're in a lot of cuttings, and there's a lot yeah. of long railway bridges and things like that, and the Monkland just doesn't have. It's a proper motorway. Yeah, yeah you could. I mean, you yeah. could say that, yeah. Some good stuff there. When, but... when, when it was completed across the city in 1980, and they finally had the motorway link, uh, I mean, I believe that, that really, within, within weeks... It was when congestion started to appear on the inner ring road because you mm-hmm. finally had that link. Things people could get to across. it. And of course yeah. it was intended that some of these other motorways were going to come on stream shortly afterwards mm-hmm. that, that never materialised. And came through with it. But yeah. No, there you go. So, uh, you know, both you and I have, have, have done work uh, throughout our careers uh, which have been on sections of the, the Monkland motorway. Mm-hmm. So I have spent a lot of nights yep. out there, particularly very cold ones, if you yes. remember, Stuart, when we were doing those works out there. Uh-huh. Oh yes, I remember that night minus eight. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's quite something. I don't have anything I particularly dislike about it. I, I find the most impressive thing is is Gart Craig, you know, mm-hmm. with the yeah. with the with the walls there. Um, the fort, a very very busy junction. Mm-hmm. Um, seem, seems to work for me all right at the moment. Junction nine, uh, quite quiet. Well, uh, that was always it intended. Only just has for, west-facing slips. Yeah, that was always intended just for access to. Uh, it's a kind of a, a, Easter a, House. a local arrangement, but yeah. the upgrade in twenty seventeen has has made a difference mm-hmm. as well. You know, it, it gives you that much more breathing room. Oh, definitely, that. yeah. So no, it's all in all, it's a it's a good section of road. Don't know if there's any any point talking about any future plans for it. If there's any things, I mean, I we did say think there are any for Junction Ten. They might do something, but you never. No. Yeah, I mean, it, it had its big upgrade, obviously. So there's not really anything else planned at the at the moment. So okay. Yeah, we'll see. Um, 
Okay, I think that's enough on the on the monk on. What else are we are we got so, on at the moment? Um, Not much is the answer. <laughs> well, I, I think we do have so again because of coronavirus, we have to do a lot of these things remotely. Yeah, and we do have some talks coming up. Uh, you know, in the future that we're, we're going to do remotely. We've also got quite... It's continuation of the scanning and digitising, and Stuart, yeah. you're probably best placed to answer how the website is going. Yeah, no, the website's coming along nicely. We've obviously added a few more routes and, and a few extra articles. That will continue uh, through the year ahead. There's, there's a lot of stuff planned. We've got pages coming up on the A82. Um, what else? The A8, A74. Yeah. You know, so they'll build route pages for most of these things. Even some of the routes that are now gone will have mm-hmm. some pages. Uh, and some articles coming as well ever since our uh, podcast about the Escher roads yes we have had a bit of an increase in some people getting in touch and we've Mm -hmm. even got you know some of our colleagues here at the archive focusing down in Escher to find out more information so we can Mm -hmm. we can follow up with a a nice follow-up there was a lot of interest in that Ayrshire podcast yeah Um, because we've never covered it I think it's an untapped gold mine of um you know road history curiosity you yeah. know because no no one has really looked into it no you're you right know? you're right and and if we do come across more information we'll, we'll share that very quickly and of course the website's going to have some airship pages on it as well yeah going we'll forward mm-hmm. so we've got some good podcasts planned in the future yes uh, coming up uh, we're working with, with with duncan uh, to do uh, an, an a1 podcast mm-hmm. of the scottish section of the a1 yep don't worry we're not going to be talking about bedfordshire <laughs> or anything like no. that <laughs> it's a scottish a1 we'll talk yep. about and uh, we're also going to have hopefully if we can do it a special guest on soon yes uh from uh, another well-known roads website yes but let's be, not, be interesting to get some insights from others you're going to have somebody from uh, the other side of the border to, to give us some some insights and talk generally about things yeah but let's not spoil <laughs> no let's see how that goes well, let's not spoil that one so yeah on that note then i think that's all for yes, this month uh, as so. always you can find all episodes of this podcast on the usual providers spotify podbean apple podcast it's always there please leave us a review yeah um, it's always good to hear what you think about what we're what we're saying and how we're doing it yeah uh, if we could be doing it out. if we could be doing it better or whatever yeah uh, alternatively you can check us out on facebook on twitter on instagram check out all the things we're doing there and you can get in touch with us that way and of course the website's there now as well and, and don't forget we also have the youtube channel You'll find us on there. We have more and more videos appearing on there every month as well. Like a media conglomerate now, aren't we? Exactly. Yeah. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you soon. See you later. Bye. Bye.